All right, it's time to invite the kids to come on up front and find somewhere to sit right up here, please. Come on up, guys. Back just a little bit. There we go. All right. Hello, hello. All right, good to see you. Keep coming up if you're still coming. That's all right. Come on up, find somewhere to sit. Okay, now I have something to show you to start off with. I have here a bowl full of ping pongs, ping pong balls. See that? All right, now. What if I pull one ball out of here? I'm going to choose this ball and pull it out. Now, this one is separated from the rest, right? It is separate. It's set apart from the rest, right? So I'm going to put these down here. And now I have this one that was separate. It's different, right? But let's say I don't want to leave it like it is. I want to change it a little bit. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to change it to have it look a little different. It's orange. It's orange now, right? Now it's, the other one's right here, I just switched it out. Okay. <laughs> it looks different though, right? It's been changed, it's been transformed. But let's say I want to continue to change it. So now I'm going to continue to change it, and now it looks like this. It looks different again, doesn't it? It's yeah, it's a little very separate. It's very different. Let's say and this. Now, it's still very separate from these, isn't it? It's very separate. It's very different. Let's say, though, that I still want to keep changing this, and so I make it transform again. It's very different again, isn't it? Yeah, now it's an orange block. It's not even a ball anymore, right? It's very different. It's been transformed. Yeah, that's the one from nursery. All right. You guys are way too smart for this, all right? But you see how that works, right? Now, I want you to think about that. This is similar to what God does with us, right? It's similar to what God does with us. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, God separates us. All right, you can just leave those. Good, we'll put those in here, how about? All right? So when we come to faith in Christ, God separates us from what we used to be. Right? And then once he separates us, we are different. And then, you know what he does? He continues to change us. He continues to transform us. He continues to make us different, one little step at a time. He grows us in holiness. He grows us to become more like Jesus all the time. He could, if he wanted to, he could turn a house into a table, but he transforms us. Oh, to a tiger. Okay, that you, I suppose he could do that too. I don't know if he would choose that, but what he does choose to do is he transforms us. He separates us and then changes us more and more to be what he wants us to be, to be more and more holy, to be more and more like Jesus. This is something that we call, in the church, we call this sanctification. Can you say that? Sanctification. Maybe some, this is a tough word, isn't it? Sanctification. So sanctification is a spiritual process where God separates us to be holy and transforms us. He changes us to be more and more holy, more and more like Jesus. And so that's what we're, I'm going to be preaching about today. All right? So you can keep in, that, in mind that transformation. All right? Thanks for coming up. You can go back and have a seat. All right. If you grab a Bible and turn to the book of Romans, that's where we'll be starting uh, today. 
So today is going to be following up on the message from a few weeks ago. The last Sunday in December, um, I spoke on justification. And then uh, after that, uh, somebody came up to me and said, well, what about sanctification? And so um, because of the circumstances of today and, and Jeremy not being here and, and me preaching, we're going to do just that. We're going to talk about sanctification. Um, in your notes, we'll get started in Romans. In your notes, you'll see lots of references. Those are there so you don't have to try to turn to that. I'll be giving a lot of Bible scripture references throughout the message. Don't try to turn all there. You can if you want, but you're, you may not be able to keep up. So those are there for you to see what I'm referencing, and you can go back and, and look at those uh, later if you'd like. So three weeks ago, we looked at justification, and we saw that the definition of to justify was to declare, declares you to declare righteous. So when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, God declares you to be righteous. He says that it is so. And justification carries a courtroom, a legal uh, proceeding type of connotation um, where in a legal sense you are freed from all guilt. And we saw that justification comes by faith and not by works in Romans chapter 3 verse 28. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. And so there is nothing you can do to be justified. God just declares it to be true. And so in looking at that uh, doctrine of justification, we also noted some errors and some false teaching about that, particularly within the Catholic Church but also in other churches who will add rules for you to follow in order for you to be justified. And so if you weren't here from that message, I encourage you to go back online and listen to that as these two will kind of go together here. So let me start with a couple definitions uh, today. So to justify is to declare righteous. And then to sanctify means to set apart, to make holy. So then sanctification is this process. It's a process of setting apart, the process of being made holy. And so when you think about sanctification, keep in mind this word process. It's a process. It, it continues. Sanctification is the process of Christian growth. It's the process of becoming more and more free from sin and more and more like Jesus Christ. It's a process of being separated from sin and unto God and His purposes. It's a process of growing in holiness within your life, within your actual life, your actions, your thoughts, your attitudes, and those types of things. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 6 today. And so let me pray, and then uh, we'll look a little more into that. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we... Uh, need you to help bring understanding to us, not only to bring understanding, but also to bring application into our lives. And so I pray, God, that you would open our minds and hearts to your word this morning, that we would receive from you, that you would change us and mold us, and that we would live differently uh, because of your work in our lives. And so we pray this to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And so here in Romans chapter 6, uh, we're going to get a snapshot, a little picture of 
sanctification. And so the beginning of chapter 6, we see that you are uh, no longer a slave to sin. This is when you come to faith in Christ, these things are true. You are no longer a slave to sin. In fact, you've been set free from it. Doesn't mean that you never sin. Just means that you are no longer under sin's controlling power in your life. You are free from it. You are apart from it. And then Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 11. We'll read a few verses here through verse 14. Here's what we read. Romans 6, 11. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. And so here's this picture, this snapshot of sanctification. We see here in verse 11 that you must believe what God has said about you, right? Consider yourselves uh, dead to sin. Believe in life to God. C- consider this. Believe it to be true. This is what God has said is true about you when you come to faith in Christ. And so believe it. Believe what God has said. Then verse 12, we see that we are to fight against sin. All right? Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. So you are in a war now against your own sin. It's not a passive war. It's not a waiting for things to happen. It's an aggressive assault against your own personal sin, against the sin in your life. So you are to attack it. You are to defeat it. We read throughout Scripture that you are to put it to death. You are to kill it. You are to destroy it. It's an active, aggressive approach against your sin. And we fight with spiritual weapons, that's true, and yet it's a a fight nonetheless. And then in verse 13, we see that we are to live in righteousness. So God has declared you to be righteous, therefore you are righteous. Now you are to live in righteousness. You're to live out this position of righteousness that God has given you, that he has declared for you. And so here's this picture. There's other uh, pastors we could go to, many, many throughout the uh, the Bible, uh, to look at sanctification. But here's kind of some basics. Believe what God has said about you, fight against sin, and live in righteousness. That's sanctification. So let's take a look at sanctification past and present. Past and present. So there are uh, a few verses in the Bible that speak about you having been sanctified. Past tense, having been sanctified. First Corinthians 6.11, But you were washed, you were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Past tense. Hebrews 10.10, We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So there's past tense. So what's going on here? Recall the definition of sanctify. To sanctify means to set apart. And so when you came to faith in Christ, he set you apart, right? 
And so this is a, a beginning. It's a starting point of your sanctification. You were sanctified. You were that ping pong ball taken out and set apart. You were sanctified. And now you are in this process of sanctification, of being sanctified more and more and more. And so this process of sanctification began when you came to faith in Christ. So if you were here a few weeks ago, recall when we talked about justification, we saw that justification was a once and done thing, right? So God declares you to be righteous once, therefore you are righteous and nothing changes that. It's a once and done thing, forever. Once God declares you righteous, you, that is your position uh, forever and ever. It's a once and done. But now here we'll see that sanctification is a continual process. There's that word, that process. All right? So in the past, there was a start. There was a beginning. You have been sanctified. And now in the present, there's the ongoing process that you are engaged in. And so we have to recognize that this is a progressive, lifelong little by little thing. There's never an arrival. You've arrived. You're completely sanctified. You're completely holy. But it's a constant growth over a long time. So for every believer, for everyone who comes to faith in Christ, this should be true of you. There should be little by little constant progress in your life to where you are in a practical way built up more and more and more into Christ, one small step at a time. Now, you've probably heard at some point somebody say something along the lines that they're kind of addressing maybe a character flaw in their life or something that, you know, personality trait. You've probably heard somebody say, well, I just can't help it, right? This is just the way I am. I guess God made me this way, right? Have you ever heard anybody say something like that? This should never be true for a Christian, right? This should never be true. First of all, don't, we shouldn't blame God for our sin, right? God didn't cause us to sin. We shouldn't blame him for that. But also, one who is following after Jesus Christ should always be learning and growing, always be being allowed, always allow God to continually mold you and change you and grow you. And so every believer should be engaged in this process of sanctification, this process of being changed. There's never an excuse for sin. There's never an excuse for saying, well, I'm just this way, so everybody else better deal with it. No, we're in a process. So there's this long, ongoing process of Christian growth. It's a process of putting off sin and putting on Christ. And putting off sin and putting on Christ. God changing your heart. God transforming you by the renewing of your mind. More putting off sin and putting on Christ. A resisting of temptation. Allowing God to change your desires from evil, selfish desires to be desires that are holy and pleasing to God, bringing Him honor. There's more putting off of sin more putting on Christ. And then you do it again tomorrow. 
do it again the next day and the next day. This ongoing process. Look in uh, Romans chapter 6 here, verse 19, the second part of verse 19. It says, For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. And so at one point you were a slave to sin, but now you are a slave to righteousness. And as as you live out your righteousness, you become more and more sanctified, little by little, in this process of being made more and more holy. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says it this way, And we all are being transformed into the image of Jesus from one degree of glory to another. One degree of glory to another. One degree of glory to another. More and more being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. And so there's this ongoing process that we are engaged in. So then there's a question that we want to ask. The question is, will you ever be fully sanctified? And I would answer that, no, but then yes. All right, here's what I mean by that. Will you ever be fully sanctified? No, not in this life. In this life, this process just continues on and on and on. Because you battle temptation, you battle sin, you'll always be in this process in this life. Sanctification will never be complete in this life. And so as you look around you at the people around you, there's no one here who has arrived, who is fully sanctified, who is perfectly holy and without sin. Right? We know that, even though they may at times look like that or give that appearance, we know it's not true. First John 1 John 1.8 says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We all have sin in our life. We all still wrestle with this. As long as you're in this earthly body, sanctification is the process that you are in. It's a still an active process. So let's look at that question again. Will you ever be fully sanctified? And we can also answer that, yes. Your sanctification will be completed when you reach eternity. It will be completed In heaven with Christ, there is no sin. That includes you. You one day will be sinless. You have sinless perfection. You will be completely holy, completely sanctified, completely set apart and different from sin and all of its consequences. Isn't that great? We struggle with this, right? This this process of sanctification, it's a struggle. It's a wrestling. It's a fighting. It's a fight to resist temptation. Right? It's a fight. And yet, one day there's a day of rest coming. When you enter the rest that you've been called to. When you are made completely perfect, holy, you are now without sin. All of its consequences are gone. And there's rest. There's peace. There's complete joy in that. And of course, this is all because of Christ, right? None of this is possible without a Savior. None of this is possible without God himself coming and dying for our sin, being raised to life again. 
Without Christ, we would be condemned. We'd be without hope. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He has saved us. He has brought us into the sanctification process. And one day, Christ will complete it in you. Meanwhile, sanctification is a partnership. It's a partnership. So there's a contrast here, again, with justification and sanctification. Justification was a work of God alone. God chose you and declared you to be righteous. He gave you that spiritual position. He declared it to be true. That was all a work of God. However, sanctification now is a partnership of sorts between you and God. And so God does the work of sanctifying. He is the one who sanctifies, but it's with your cooperation, your engagement with him. It's a work of God with the willingness of man. Partnership, a joint venture. You're in this together. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So here's what Paul writes in Philippians. He says, you are to work out your own salvation. You work. You do it. It's work on your part. For it's God who works in you. You work because God is at work in you. All right? So don't let this confuse you. It's really simple. It's just God bringing about the results in your life as you do your part. As you do the good hard spiritual battle work in your life against temptation and against sin. Of course, this all starts with God, right? We're lost without Him. It starts with Him. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, we read, For this is the will of God. All right, you ready? This is the will of God for you, right? Your sanctification. So God's desire... For you is your sanctification, that you will be completely set apart, completely holy unto him. And he's brought you into this process. His purpose in justifying you and declaring you righteous is that you now would be sanctified, set apart, holy. And so if God's will, if his desire is your sanctification... That should be your number one goal in life. Right? You think about all the things you want to do in life, the places you want to go, the things you want to accomplish. Your number one goal should be your personal growth, your personal growth in Christ, your sanctification. That's God's will for you. That is his strongest desire for you. That's your number one goal match up with God's desire for you. So God provides power by the Holy Spirit as you connect with the resurrected life of Christ. As you do that, as you connect with 
the power of the Holy Spirit and the resurrected life of Christ living and working and moving in you, you will be sanctified more and more. Your work is to strive for holiness, to go after it, to strive for growth in Christ, to do all that you can to grow in Christ, to put yourself in positions where you can grow in Christ, to choose activities where you can grow in Christ, to engage in this. That's your work. That's your to strive for. And because God is at work in you, you should expect great results, right? They don't always come in big chunks. Usually it's the little by little by little. And yet, if, you, if God is at work in you, you should expect to be changed. You should expect results in this. There should be great confidence and great hope that you'll be changed, that there will be great fruitfulness in your life. So again, I want to emphasize here, your work is not for justification. Your work is not so that God will accept you. Your work is not so that you can be declared righteous and have a good standing with God. That was done when you came to faith in Christ and God justified you. He declared you to be righteous. That's not what this work is for. This is different. This work is for your growth in Christ. You should be striving. You should be working as a result of your justification. Because God has done that in your life, now you work, you strive to seek after God, to grow in holiness, to grow in the image of Christ. You're striving for God's honor and glory in your life. That's the purpose. That because of who God is and what he has done for you, you now work, you now strive to bring honor and glory to him. You bring honor and glory to him as you are sanctified. So how does sanctification occur? Right? So if this is to be your goal and your focus, how does it come about in your life? First of all, you have to understand there's no magic formula here. Right? I'm going to give you some things, some ways that we see it in Scripture that it happens, and yet it's not a magic formula. You can't just plug numbers into the calculator and all of a sudden you're there. All right? It takes that hard work. You need Christ for this. You need the Holy Spirit's power working and moving in your life. This is a work of God as you engage in the process. So with that being said, what are some things that help contribute to your sanctification? First thing we're going to look at, obedience to God's Word. Obedience to God's Word. Uh, In John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples. And one of the things he prays is this. He says, sanctify them. In the truth, your word is truth. And so if we are to be sanctified, we must have God's word. We are sanctified in the truth of God's word. Sanctification happens through the teaching and preaching of God's word. You grow in Christ's likeness as you hear it and as you apply it to your life. You also take in God's word on your own and your personal Reading and study, other good teaching of God's Word, take it in. Obedience to God's Word. So, obedience is key there, right? It's not just hearing God's Word. It's not just listening to God's Word. But it's living in obedience to God's Word. That means it's 
obeying his commands. Right? They're there for a reason. Obeying his commands. It's following his instructions. It's following the example of Christ as we see it in Scripture. You walk as Jesus walked. You live as Jesus lived. 1 John 2.6 says, Whoever says he abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. You live in the same manner as Jesus lived. And as we do this, as we grow in Christ, as we grow in obedience to God's Word, us living in obedience to His Word becomes a joy. It's not a burden. It becomes a joy more and more. We see that in Psalm chapter 40, verse 8. It says, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. Obedience to God's word becomes a joy. It becomes a delight. It becomes something we want to do. If this is not something you want to do, pray and ask God to change your heart. God, give me a heart. Give me a desire to walk in obedience to your word. It's not something I naturally want to do. God, help me in this. So sanctification comes by obedience to the word of God, by following the example of Christ, by living out and connecting to the power of the Holy Spirit at work within you. Obedience to God's word. Second thing, prayer. Prayer. So you grow in sanctification as you spend time with God in prayer in a general way, right? Every time you spend time praying, talking to God about the things in life, all right, that, that's helpful. You're going to grow in sanctification. In addition to that, there was this idea that I just mentioned about asking the Lord to grow you. Asking God to transform you. Praying for your own sanctification. Right? You should each be praying for your own personal walk with Christ, your own personal growth in Christ. That's not on your list. If you're always praying for other people, add that to your list. Add that to your prayer list. Right? Pray for your own growth in Christ, your own sanctification. Go to pastors like Galatians 5 that lay out the works of the flesh compared with the works of the, the fruit of the Spirit. Your works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, right? Ask God to take away those works of the flesh from your life. Ask Him to grow you more and more in the fruit of the Spirit. Ask others to pray for you. Here, here's the thing, though. Ask other people to pray for you in a really specific way, right? Sometimes when we ask for prayer from others, we just say, pray for me. Or pray for me because this is the event or the activity that I have going on in my life. That's good. But take it a step further. This is the circumstance in life. Pray that God would grow me through this. Pray that he would grow me in love for those around me. Pray that he would give me joy in this difficult circumstance. Right? More specific ways. Ask for specific prayer from others. And so if sanctification is a work of God by his spirit within us, and we have to pray about this. We have to ask him to do this work. Pray over these things, asking him to do this great work in your life. How else does sanctification occur? Your response to temptation and sin. Your response to temptation when it comes and your response to sin when it happens. So how do you respond to temptation when it comes? When you are faced with temptation you have a decision to make. 
right? Sometimes it's really bold right there in front of you. I can either choose this or I can choose this. It, sometimes it's that obvious. Other times it's a little more hidden, a little harder to discern. But when temptation comes, there's a decision. Do I give in to this temptation or do I stand up and fight against it? Right? You've probably experienced this in your life, right? When you've had that decision to make. And sometimes in our flesh, we choose to give in. And other times, the Spirit of God within us gives us that power to fight against it and to resist that temptation. Right? Oftentimes, there's a moment in temptation. Which way am I going to go? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, With the temptation, God will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So when that, that temptation comes, am I going to give in or am I not? Which way do you choose? Do you choose that way out? Do you say, God, help me right now by your spirit because I can't do it. I need you here. So your sanctification comes. How do you respond to temptation? Right? When you respond and you give in, sanctification is hindered, right? When you choose to stand up and fight in the power of the Holy Spirit by the truth of God's word, you are grown in sanctification. You, you're grown in holiness. So also, how do you respond when you do sin then? How do you respond when you sin? Really, there's two ways you can respond. You can respond with repentance or indifference. Right? Do you continue in sin? When you recognize that you have sinned, have sinned or have sinned in your life, do you just continue in the sin? Or do you turn from it and do you fight against it? Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a, a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Right? David here writing this psalm, he's doing more than just saying, God, please forgive me. That's good. That's a good start. God, please forgive my sin. But he here is pleading for transformation. God, you do this work in me. If you don't change me here, I'm done. I can't do this, right? So when you recognize sin in your life, how do you respond to that? Yeah, it's just the way I am. I can't do anything about it. No, no, that's being a slave to sin. You are a slave to righteousness. Confess it, repent, turn from it, leave it behind, and look to Christ. That's what will grow you in holiness. That's what will sanctify you. God will use those things in your life to grow you and mature you in faith. So how you respond to temptation and how you respond to sin in your life greatly affects this process of sanctification. Next thing, helping sanctification occurs, Christian fellowship. <clears throat> sanctification oftentimes happens in community. We need each other, right? You and Jesus are a good thing together, but you also need the body of Christ. You need other believers in your life. God created you for fellowship. He created you to be with others. How does this work? James 5.16, confess your sins to one another. So not only do you confess to God, but there are certain things you might need to confess to another. Get it out there. Get it in the open. Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, 
but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. You may have heard me say this before, but hidden sin is the most dangerous sin because you're more apt to do it again, right? Confess your sins to one another. Hebrews 10, 25, don't neglect meeting together, but encourage one another, right? We grow in holiness. We grow in sanctification in relationship with one another in this Christian fellowship. Comes through interactions with others. It's encouraging one another. It's building one another up. So if there is an area of your life where this sanctification, this becoming more holy, just doesn't seem to be happening. You seem to be at a roadblock. You seem to be stuck in quicksand in this one area of spiritual growth. You need the help of somebody else. Talk to an elder. Talk to another mature Christian. Say, this is where I'm at. Help me. It's okay to ask for help. Right? In some other churches, you might be condemned for that. What? You're not perfect? Condemned right? Shame. Turn my back on you. Not here. Not biblically. We're all in this process together. We all have these flaws. We all need the help of one another. Come and seek out help from another. What else does it take for sanctification to occur? Hard work. Hard work. We kind of already said this, but it takes hard work on your part. Sanctification is not easy. It entails a lot of hard work and effort on your part. Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. You've got to work hard at that. Philippians 2.12, we will look to this one. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Hebrews 12.14, strive for holiness. 2 Peter 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 5, make every effort toward godliness. This is hard work. It will take tremendous effort. If you don't want to put in the work, you won't become sanctified. It's that simple. It takes hard work on your part, and it takes the Spirit of God doing that transforming, sanctifying work. Next thing it takes is perseverance. This goes along with hard work. This is not a quick thing. There are no shortcuts. This is a long, arduous process. And because of that, it really takes faith. It really takes a tremendous amount of faith to engage in this process of sanctification. Believing what God has said, believing that God will be at work in your life, that takes faith, right? We want to do it ourselves. It takes faith to continue resisting temptation, to continue fighting sin, rather than just giving in. It takes tremendous faith to engage in this ongoing day-by-day-by-day process. You have to trust God every day for this. You can't give up. Don't you wish you could already be there? Man, I remember thinking this years ago. I remember thinking, oh, there's so much hard stuff in life. I wish I could just be there already. I wish this sin would already be gone. I wish there wouldn't be any temptation. I wish I could just be perfect and be holy already. And yet that's not how it is. That's not what God has for us. He has you in this fight. But again, be assured that someday God will make you 
fully sanctified. He will make you completely holy. He will make you perfect in every way. It is coming. That day is coming. Rejoice in that and fight the fight till we get there. Come, Lord Jesus. So there are other things that can contribute to your sanctification, things such as corporate worship, godly discipline in your life, trials and, t- and uh, suffering, helping uh, sanctification, just time, longevity, walking with Christ year after year. Those things can all contribute as well. So there are other things. But as we think about these things, let's make some application real quick. As we think about these things, obedience to God's Word, prayer, your response to temptation and sin, Christian fellowship, hard work, and perseverance. How are you doing? How are you doing in those things? Right? If you were going to rate yourself, scale of 1 to 10, how are you doing in each of these areas? Again, not a magic formula, but just activities to be engaged with that help contribute to these things. So I encourage you to give that some thought, give that some consideration. How are you doing in engaging with God in this process of your own personal growth and sanctification. So just a few quick things here. We see the results of sanctification. A few quick things. First of all, glory to Christ, right? Jesus Christ is glorified as you are made more and more holy. As you are conformed more and more into his image, Jesus Christ is glorified. He's reflected more appropriately through your life to those around. He receives much glory in that. Second thing is just the fruit of the Spirit in your life, right? Fruit of the Spirit in your life. Again, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things are yours more and more and more in your life as God sanctifies you. Another result, usefulness in God's kingdom. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21 say this. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. As you are more and more sanctified, you are more and more useful to God's kingdom. You're more and more useful in the lives of other people. You're more and more useful in areas of ministry. You're more and more uh, useful in counseling one another and discipling others, helping them bring them along, helping them come to faith in Christ, helping them to grow as a disciple of Christ in their own life. You're more and more useful in God's kingdom. Lastly, we've already talked about this, eternal life. Eternal life. In Romans chapter 6, verse 22, we read this. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Eternal life is the end of sanctification. And when you come to faith in Christ, you have eternal life. It starts when you come to faith in Christ. But this is eternal life. We're looking to eternity, Right? That one day when we'll be in heaven with Christ, perfectly holy forever and ever. That's the end of sanctification. That's where we're all headed. So engage in that. Right? So the end result of sanctification is eternal life 
in God's eternal kingdom. And what could be greater? What could be greater? Let's pray together. Oh, Father God, we do thank you that you have saved us from our sin, that you have justified us and declared us to be righteous before you. Father, help us to live out that position. Help us to engage in this process of sanctification. God, we are weak in this, in ourselves. And so, by the power of your Spirit, would you do this great ongoing work within us? By your Word and by your Spirit, would you transform us more and more into the image of Christ? By your Word and by your Spirit, would you make us more holy? By your Word and by your Spirit, would you separate us more and more from sin and unto you, Father, and all of your purposes for us. So strengthen us for this, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.